Blog Talk Radio. Everyone's talking about WAP. I didn't know what it stood for, so I typed in WAP meaning. First match was With All Passion. Next was White as Paint, Wicked and Pure, and Whales are Pretty. I need to stop using Google for Christians. I should have used Duck Duck Ho. I'm Brett Singer. This is my show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Brett from the Bunker. It is Friday, August 28th. The year is 2020. We like to remind you of the year because you never know. You just never know. And um, I am here today. I'm joined by comedian Franz Cayo. Franz, how you doing? I'm doing great, Brett. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that uh, wonderful musical intro. As a uh, black man who grew up in the suburbs, I love rock and roll. And okay. so hearing guitar riffs to start my morning is, I mean, I feel all at home already. Thank you. That's, a, that's fantastic. I love it. I love it. That was me, by the way. That's my, that's my me on the guitar. Oh, very nice. Very nice. See, the things Thank you, you learn about people. There you yes. go. It's important. A lot of things you learn while we're in quarantine. So what I wanted to talk about, because you had, you had talked about it at the open mic yesterday, is what's going on in sports. So the first question is, is it a strike or a boycott? That is a great question. That is a great question. I think that wording is so important, and it is actually a strike. It is not a boycott. Uh, If you look at what the definitions of strike and boycott are, you know, boycotting is more using your economic, uh, your own economic power in order to not endorse or embrace a product or a company or, or a way of life. The strike is more of you are not going to give your working services to a company. And I think that uh, these players have decided to not give their services. It was not something that they arranged with their leagues. Well, not the the Milwaukee Bucks uh, in particular. Did not arrange in advance saying, you know what, we're going to decide collectively that we're not going to play. They just didn't show up. And so I think that if you don't just show up, you are doing a strike. Well, does a strike sort of require that collective kind of action that, you know, and also a disagreement with management? Well, and that makes this so interesting because I don't think there is a disagreement with management. Yeah, that's the, the thing. In the traditional, but in the traditional sense, I think that it's more a disagreement with overall management, capitalism in a way of uh, the way that the country is going right now uh, from a social standpoint, uh, that they're actually striking against America because in a way they're being, they're being, I hate to say used as an entertainment vehicle for the rest of the country. And feel like, you know what, there are bigger issues out there that need to be addressed. So we're going on strike. So I don't think it's against Adam Silver or the NBA, which out of all the leagues has been probably the most um, flexible and, and, and malleable to all of these things that are going on and, and understanding of all of the leagues. But I think it's more of this is 
a message to the United States of America. Right. Interesting. So, I mean, I don't know that it meets the technical definition of a strike perfectly. I think that, it, it, you know, it, it is definitely, if it is in fact a strike, first of all, they're not allowed to call it a strike because they're not allowed to strike under their collective bargaining agreement. Right. Which is so, exactly. sort of an interesting thing. Like that, that's one of the reasons why I find it interesting because even if – like everybody's calling us, I just say everybody, a lot of people are calling it a strike. Some people are calling it a boycott, mm-hmm. but, um, but they're, they're literally not allowed to say strike like that's or, or they violate their agreement. Now, I don't think the league hey, would enforce that. that. Let the law, right. But that's when the lawyers come into play, right? <laughs> Is that, that they're using whatever, whatever word can fit the paradigm, but also isn't that just 2020 Brett? Like nothing is, what it seems everything just put on its head so yeah it looks like a strike smells like a strike but we can't call it a strike right and exactly so, so it's, it's sort of a complicated it's sort of a weirdly complicated question like i think to really debate this we would need a lawyer but but you know i, I want to talk i want to talk about other issues with that but i did want to start with that because i thought that was interesting um so there's there's been a lot going on you had a commentator walk off an nba broadcast on tnt kenny smith yeah. i don't know if you saw that that was pretty powerful i did um so it, it, obviously a lot of people have been speaking out, but is it more powerful when it comes from an athlete? I think that our culture now, no, actually not just now, for, for a very long time, is they, they, want, they, they adhere to the messages from celebrities and athletes. I mean, you could go all the way back to – uh, the integration of baseball, Jackie Robinson, the reason why he was chosen, and I like to really say chosen, was because people looked at him as an athlete that, yes, you know, articulate, well-mannered, was a veteran, all of these check marks that would have made him palatable to a larger society and and also was palatable to um, black society where they're like, no, he is actually one of us. And I think I told, did that comedy routine with you about people's concerns about Kamala Harris in that same manner is that, you know, you want someone that people can all relate to in some form or fashion. And then you look at Muhammad Ali and his, and his messages. And you look at Tommy Smith um, from, from 1968 Olympics. I mean, Athletes have been at the forefront of messaging for quite some time, and I find it almost amusing when people say that, oh, these athletes should just play because they make millions of dollars. They should just be happy to be here and be happy to have that job. But that's never been the role of an athlete. You could go all the way back to Jack Johnson as the heavyweight champion of the world, uh, and the way that he broke social norms while uh, while being the heavyweight champion as a black man. And it actually got him in a lot of trouble. But at the same time, he was, he was sending out a message to the world. Right. So, I mean, so there's history here, is I guess what you're saying, which I think is fair. And it's good to remember that. That's why I like um, you, Brett. You always sum things up very well. That's why you're the thank best you. to see out there. Thank you. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> thank you. That's very kind. Um, but... So, so there's history, but at the same time, it, there's not a lot of history of a game not being played. Am I wrong you're about absolutely that? Absolutely right. No, okay. you're not wrong at all. This is this is unprecedented that 
to utilize uh, uh, to utilize your power to not even show up and play. I mean, we've seen people do messages after they won or, you know, when Cassius Clay became Muhammad Ali after he became the champion of the world, you know, after they won at the Olympics, they put up the black fist, but it wasn't, they, they didn't say I'm not going to run or I'm not going to fight. And this one, they said, you know what, we're not, we're not playing. And I think that, I think that shows at what point we're at where people are saying they're going in even more drastic, drastic measures. Yeah, no, I, I mean, why do you think that is? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, this is maybe a dumb question, but I, but clearly something about something about what's happening right now has hit people much harder. I, I think that, I think that, what LeBron said, I'm just sick of this. And he used uh, another word after that. <laughs> I don't know how family friendly your show is, but uh, that's all right. He, uh, we all know, we all know uh, what you mean. Yeah. So he, and, and some people were saying, well, weren't you sick of it before this? And I think it, it, it's one of those things that the tolerance level has, has evaporated to the point where people are saying, you know what, we've tried marching, we've tried talking, we've tried conversations and town halls and, and discussions on, on media platforms, that none of those have sufficiently changed the culture in a way that makes everyone feel comfortable with where we're at. And so we're trying something different, I guess, is where they're going and saying, let's up the ante. What I'm hoping that we don't get to is we're trying something different that we get to 1861. Like that I don't want because that didn't work out well for anyone. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. That's it. Okay. I, I don't think that's what anybody's thinking, but I think that's fair. <laughs> Well, I'm talking um, about, you know, an actual war. <laughs> right, right. Thinking. That would be yeah. bad. That, yeah. that would be very bad. That would, I don't be, think bad. We, that would be bad. I don't bad. think anybody wants that. Um, that being said, there are people who think that's where we're headed. I mean, I and it's not yeah. crazy to imagine it. I mean, God knows, I don't know what that looks like. I mean, I, I, I mean, I know, I know where my sympathies lie, but I don't know how, how good a fighter I'm going to be. You know, I, I'm not. I mean, I can get through a yoga routine, but I don't know about marching and, you know, stuff like that. I, I don't really I, – I don't want to go to war. That was never in, never something that was in my, in my wheelhouse. And I don't want there to be any war, to be fair. I'm not just saying that I personally don't want to go to war. In general, I don't want there to be any war, just so we're clear. Um, now, are you pleased to see white athletes speaking out? Yes, absolutely. I am of the mindset that none of this changes unless – Everybody has a say in making a change. I was reading this article that said that 80% of white people don't have any person of a different race or culture that's significant in their life. And it's not because they're racist. It's because that's how we're, we're brought up. We live in communities. We don't really go outside of our own communities. We don't go outside of our own cultural norms. And I think that's why America is the way that it is, where we don't really fully understand what's going on with everybody else. And I think that hearing it from another person that is, quote, unquote, like you, 
will change a person's mind faster than hearing it from the person that isn't quote unquote like you. So having white athletes come out and say, this is important. This is my brother. This is the person that I respect and believe in. And I go on the court with, and then I also hang out with them afterwards. I think that's a significant step that makes people feel a little bit different. Of course, then you have, you know, people like, uh, Brian Erlacher come out and make comments, and then you feel like you went back to zero again. Oh, no. What did he say? <laughs> Brian Erlacher basically said, and I should have picked up the quote perfectly, but he basically said that um, here we are protesting over a man who was about to get, oh, who had a warrant for a sexual assault on his record and was about to get a knife that like, he's not a oh, hero. Jesus. I'm looking do. at it right here. Yeah. NBA, yeah. uh, Brett Favre, first of all, I can't stand Brett Favre. Yes, that was he sullied the good name of Brett, but part. Brett Favre yeah. played the Monday night football game. The day his dad died through four TDs in the first half. And he, and was a legend for playing in the face of adversity. NBA players boycott the playoffs because of a dude reaching for a knife wanted on a felony sexual assault warrant was shot by police. What? Yeah. First of all, how are those even comparable? One thing has nothing to do uh, like, with the other. Exactly. Exactly. Now, do am I impressed by the fact that Brett Favre – I remember that game, by the way. Uh, that Brett Favre came out. I remember the game, too. That? It was impressive. Sure. Yeah, it, was, it was impressive. But here's my thing. That was probably part of Brett's healing process. Like, that's how Brett was raised. Like, no, we're not going to – and so for him, it was a personal decision to help him heal. And no one and no one should have uh, been for or against him if he decided that I wasn't going to play the next day because my father had passed. You know, that's his own personal decision. What that has to do with deciding that you don't you want to make a statement regarding the state of this country? I have no idea. I really have no idea. And no, it, that's a that bizarre. Brian, it, it, yeah. Well, it's a, bizarre, it's a bizarre comparison, but I also need to say something else. I mean, this movement to look for an excuse of why it was okay for the police to shoot, you know, whoever it was, like, hey, come on. I mean, he had a warrant for – I mean, who – what? what? I mean, unless he, unless he had a gun and he was actively shooting, I don't think we're – what are we talking about here? I mean, it's just he was reaching for a knife. First of all, uh, as I understand it, that's not remotely true, that he, that he may have had a knife in his car – but, you know, this is one of these things that gets amplified by social media and by, you know, forgive, forgive me, but Fox News. And it, these things just get ramped up. And the stuff, it's just not true. Like, you, you can't he, invent facts like that. It's just disgusting. But here's the thing, Brett. There was a gentleman who did shoot people <laughs> and in the middle of Kenosha, Wisconsin. Same, same city, same everything. And he just walked home. He just got in a car and drove home back to Illinois, and no one bothered him. So you sit there, and he's like, okay, so, and the actual background on that person, Kyle, um, I don't have his last name in front of yeah, me. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, the, the, the young man, the 17-year-old man with an AR-15. I can't even get a gun in New York. This guy has an AR-15 he probably got at Walmart. Um, right. Basically, basically. They're now Tucker Carlson and and other people on these media outlets are justifying the fact that 
He's just a kid. You know, we should overlook this. We need to understand that he was he was driven by the the state of the of the country and he was you know, he was doing what was he thought was best for him or oh, you know, they he got into a scuffle. No, he didn't get into a scuffle until he started shooting people. And then people yeah, chased I mean, him. I uh, you know, I was listening crazy. to a comedian saying how black people are not gonna run towards a shooter unless there's a problem. And that's basically what happened is that people ran towards him to um, stop him from doing these things because there's a problem. No one, you know, they weren't starting a beef with him just because he was walking the streets. Also, I mean, it's not like he, I mean, an AR-15 is not a concealed weapon. I mean, you're, no, it is not. You're kind of setting, (laughs) you're kind of making your message known if you're walking around with one of those. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I just I don't see how any of these things are equivalent. I mean, I I just it, it's it it that's just crazy. I mean, I Brian Urlacher, you know, was a was a good player, but I mean, you just the, the Bears rightly I just looked it up. The Bears rightly disavowed it and distanced themselves from it, and I think that was good. And then of course, you know, and of course, you know, the the post was deleted. But the idea, you know, this stuff is forever, man. Like you know, just because you you thought better of it or somebody told you to think better of it, you know, it's still out there. You still said it. You know, it still happened. I find it you're right, but I find it amusing that a lot of people now and and a lot of it is driven by the executive in chief right now, that you could say things and it could have been recorded and it could be somewhere, but you could just deny it right afterwards. It didn't yeah. actually happen. I didn't actually say that. Well, let's talk about people who are saying better things. So the Tennessee Titans, uh, they canceled practice the other day, so that was good. Um, Kevin Bayard, who is a safety, said, seeing our black brothers and sisters be murdered by police like it's nothing, it's time for a change. As I sit here and try to gather my thoughts, this is not a prepared statement. I didn't have time to prepare a statement. I'm coming to you, and I'm talking from the heart. I just had a son last Sunday. This really got me. I have a one-year-old daughter, and I have no clue what I'm going to tell them or what kind of world they're going to grow up in in this country. I'm begging and pleading to the powers that be to please, please, we're crying. I'm spilling my heart out to say that we need change, and we need change as soon as possible. Um, And then Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback, Mm -hmm. um, followed up. Did you see his statement? Uh, Ryan Tannehill is a trigger word since I am a Miami Dolphins fan, but keep going. (laughs) I know, and all of a sudden he goes to Tennessee and he can play. Suddenly the man can play. Turns Turns out he's pretty good when you get him out of Miami. <laughs> like Kevin said, everyone's si- better when they leave Miami. <laughs> exactly. Like Kevin said, the systematic oppressions have gone on for a long time, hundreds of years. This country is founded upon racist ideas, with slaves being brought here from the day of foundation, and those ideas have persisted throughout the last hundreds of years. And it's going to take time we can get those out. But we're tired of it. We're tired of dealing with the systematic oppression. We're tired of dealing with excessive force. We're tired of seeing black men and women die in situations where they should be walking home and spending the night with their families. It's sickening. It's sickening to just know that they have to worry about their kids coming home at night. I have two kids that because of the color of their skin, I never have to worry if they get pulled over by a police officer that they're going to make it out of that interaction alive. And that's a sick fact of the world that we're living in. So we stand here together united, demanding change that there's equality and justice for all those situations. Thank you. Those are powerful words. Let me tell you something. I had not heard that statement before, and I'm and I know we're both comedians and all that stuff. But I'm telling you seriously from the heart, my heart is welling up hearing right? that statement. Like I love I Ryan Tannehill right now. I love Ryan <laughs> you Tannehill. You can even right forgive now. him. 
You can even forgive him his, his trespasses, his stinky trespasses. Exactly, exactly. Um, because that, and I think that it takes more statements like that. Unfortunately, no one's going to listen to the oppressor. That's not uh, the, uh, to the oppressed. They are not going to listen to the oppressed. That has not happened. It's been, the country's 250 years old. Uh, we've had, uh, it's been, you know, 160 years that we haven't had slavery, but it's still not good for a lot of people here. And, and I think that it's because why would the person that is getting an advantage, whether they realize it or not, is going to give that up? And you actually have to hear people say, maybe this isn't right. Maybe the rules aren't played the same. Maybe it isn't this whole, oh, pick yourself up by the bootstrap mentality that we claim it to be. I just, and I think more people like Ryan Tannehill have to go out there and talk. And back to your earlier point, Brett, people will listen to athletes. Uh, mm. They will listen to athletes, especially if they're white, because it's very interesting that people get upset with LeBron James when he talks about political stuff. But no one gets upset when it comes out of Tom Brady's mouth. You know, they're just like, oh, it's just Tom Brady. Or, oh, actually, people get upset when Kurt Schilling speaks, so I won't even get into that. Yeah, Kurt, Schill- Kurt Schilling's a little <laughs> more over the top. I mean, Tom, Bra- Tom Brady is the golden boy, but he also isn't, he isn't on the level. I mean, Kurt Schilling is really, is really kind of a Breitbart guy, you know, and that stuff is way more over the top than the, ma- than the mainstream. Or is it? Well, I mean, there's an argument to me. As I said that, I had the exact same thought. I was like, is it really? I mean, it is in in one. It is in a way, um, but they're 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 obviously espousing views that are, in the Venn diagram. There's definitely overlap, you know. But yeah. at the but at the same time, there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more in the kind of QAnon realm, you know, the more conspiracy oriented yeah. stuff that that finds its way into Breitbart, and that is what. That is kind of what, like, like if I, like if it turned out that Kurt Schilling was a QAnon guy, that wouldn't surprise me in the least. You know, whereas, it, whereas Tom Brady, that would surprise me. Like, I'm not, say, I'm not saying yeah. it would be shocking because you know, whatever. I mean, people do things, but um, if I had to guess, I would, I would probably, and I'm, and I have, I have no idea if Kurt Schilling is a QAnon guy. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if he was. That is one of those things that you've looked at someone, you've heard them for a while, and if it did come out in that way. Uh, you wouldn't blink. You wouldn't blink. It could go either way with him at this point, I think. I mean, I, mean, I think I'm a, people I'm, have also evolved. Right. I mean, I'm a lifelong Yankee fan, so I have other issues with Kurt Schilling. But the, but the truth <laughs> is, like, I, ne- I never questioned his talent. Like, I never questioned the fact that the guy was a right. great player. Um, I just never liked him. Like, you know, like um, Randy Johnson, who I think was the real hero of that 2001 World Series, more so than Kurt Schilling, yeah. um, was just, I mean, that was an unbelievable pitching performance. And he tried to come to New York, and it went really badly. But the thing is, he ne- he he just Kurt Schilling's just annoying. Like he's just he's very obnoxious. <laughs> he's extremely obnoxious and has been for a very long time. So there, there's a certain you know like Brady, as I understand it, is a Trump supporter, but he's not going on talk shows and talking about it. So I mean, I guess that's really the big the main difference. I, I definitely agree with you, and because of the way that Schilling has been since he retired. I question whether or not that bloody sock is real. I never did until some – that's one of those conspiracies that I'm like, you know, 
Like it wouldn't it, again. Again, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I I'm not saying that it's I. It's just yeah. It's the mess. It's who's who's it coming from? You know, I'd exactly. be surprised if somebody. I'd be you know if if it were Randy Johnson, I'd be surprised. Like and and it's got nothing to do with him having been a Yankee. Like it really is just more like he doesn't have a history of saying weird stuff. You know, like exactly. that's that, that's exactly. really what it comes down to. Is there anyone we haven't heard from that you'd like to hear from in terms of athletes? Wow, that's a that's a really good question. I mean, a lot of athletes that I've expected or did not expect uh, have come out to the forefront. Um, I, what's interesting right now, going into that, is that people are now talking about the fact that we need to apologize to Kyrie Irving. Because oh, Kyrie, remind me why? Yeah, because I don't remember. So Kyrie had said that he didn't think we should be playing in the bubble at all, and the reason why was because he thought it would be a distraction from the uh, message that that the that the country was being um, was being uh, addressed, and that he looked at it almost as if that the basketball season was being used like the Roman Coliseum and the, and the Christians and the lions. Is he wrong? From the, is he, is, is he now, wrong? I mean, I don't know. Thinking, no, but it does also comes from back to what you were saying with Schilling. I think a lot of people were a little bit leery of the messenger because, you know, he's known as a, as a flat earth person. Oh, uh, right. He hasn't had, he hasn't had the greatest, uh, uh, what do you call that? It, people aren't saying that he's the greatest teammate to have out there. You know, his reputation has been soiled a little bit. And so I think if 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 LeBron had said, no, let's not play in the same way that Kyrie had, I think the message would have been taken entirely different as it is right now. Like once LeBron said, we're not playing, people were like, nope, we're not playing. But Kyrie did not have that, even though he was saying – the same thing, and actually more forcefully, people were not actually paying attention to him because they were just like, but it's Kyrie. <laughs> right. But I think now people are saying, you owe Kyrie an apology. Kyrie, almost like uh, Goodell needed to apologize to Kaepernick. We tried to tell you. We tried to tell you. Right. But you didn't listen. You just didn't but listen. But you didn't listen. Yep, and I, uh, I think I'm more afraid of listening to certain people, athletes who do come out with ridiculousness, like Herschel Walker, like those type of oh athletes. I just broke like, my heart. You know what? I need you to shut your mouth. I need you broke to my stop heart. talking. Oh God, oh, it was horrible. So ridiculous. I was a general. I mean, he's fan. entitled Even to his opinion. He's allowed to speak. <laughs> Let's you know, blah blah blah. I don't want to get slammed for. You know, oh, you're trying to censor. I'm not trying to censor him. I just don't like what he said. You know, I just, uh, I, I don't agree with I him. I'm entitled to disagree truthful. with him. Right. I think, I think I'm, if I was fact-checking him, that's the yeah. issue. I don't mind people, like me and my daughter get into very spirited debates on a lot of things. And she has her opinion that, I mean, she is begrudgingly rooting for Biden and Harris, but she despises them. She thinks that their past and their history is not what we need in this country right now. But at the end of the day, she said, I will swallow all that dirt just so that there's some change going on. And I can respect that type of 
discussion because she comes with facts. The Herschel right. Walker stuff, I'm just like, what is this based on? The Nikki Haley stuff, what what are you basing your judgment on? Like the rest of the world is is going in a different direction than what you're painting it as. And that's and that's where I just say, please, you're causing more damage than you can ever realize. Right. So some no, athletes absolutely. should not speak at all because so they're it, not based in fact. That is true. That is very true. I mean, would I mean was Kyrie right? I mean, should we not have been should we not have been playing? And would it have mattered if we weren't playing? Like, would that accomplish anything? I, you know what? I think that um, I hate to say this because I'm a huge basketball fan. I do think Kyrie was right. I think that the difference between after nine eleven, everyone wanted to get back to sports because they wanted to show that. We won't let the terrorists win, right? Right. We won't let them change our our way of life, our culture. We won't be afraid. I think that this is different, and that was a good distraction and a great way to show that the country was coming back to um, the way that it was from a from that perspective. I think this one is different in that we shouldn't be using this as a distraction. We should be concentrating on you know, the issues that we have at hand and talking about how do we resolve this underlying problem? Because I think that um, until we address the underlying problem, then the symptoms are always going to be the same. You can't change it. It's like being sick. You could take Tylenol. Tylenol will suppress the symptoms. It doesn't cure you. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, I just wonder. I mean, I because when you when you when you heard what when when you say it the way Kyrie said it, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I do kind of wonder, like, would we be having a better conversation? You know, would the would the mood of the country be different without this? Because clearly, it was a distraction and it was a way to forget about everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think that's why people. People want to get back to quote unquote normal. That's why they're opening up gyms again and they're yeah. letting people go into movie theaters again. Let me tell you, Brett, you couldn't pay me to go to a movie theater or a gym. Oh my God. Like I'm no unemployed way. and you could not give me a bonus. You cannot give me a stimulus package enough for me to go to either one of those things right now. Yeah, it no, just wouldn't that's, happen. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I just, yeah, I can't imagine. I, I, that's, and it's also a weird thing to, you know, to be opening as gyms where everybody's touching everything and sweating. And it's just, I, I just can't do that. Um, now, let me ask, let me ask, now let me ask you, have you been listening to sports radio at all? I have not been listening to sports radio. I'm afraid to listen to sports radio. The best I get <laughs> is I listen to all the talking heads on, on ESPN and maybe on Fox. But I, I, mean, haven't I, I haven't been watching that. I just heard, I listen to the radio, like when I'm getting ready in the morning and, you know, things like that. And I gotta say, it's been pretty good. Like really? Larry Hardest, Larry Hardesty, who does overnights, because... is real. Well, not overnights, just late nights. Um, is really good, right. really, really interesting. I don't know if you know him. He's a really good host. Um, Chris Canty. I don't know him. Chris Canty's been really good. Um, he's on in the he's on in the like sort of mid mornings, like the nine to nine to noon or something like that. Um, really good, just surprisingly intelligent. 
kind of interesting conversation about race and about race as it relates to sports, like real, like more better than you would expect, like significantly better than you would expect. Like, I don't think you'd have, I mean, obviously there's going to be some stuff, you know, I haven't heard anything, but there, there's certainly, you know, some people that you would not expect to hear such great stuff from. And of course the callers, <laughs> like the callers are interesting, oh, but the callers, the callers also can be totally oh. off the rails because it's sports radio and, and, and you know, everything Absolutely. is bananas. But it, it definitely, I, I was I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised that I actually found it kind of found, it. and it's been that way throughout, like throughout all the stuff that's been going on with George Floyd and everything else. Um, they've actually had pretty good takes and have had some interesting stuff to say. So I would actually recommend now, it, I would the, say if you, you know give it a those, chance. Are they local? Because that's my other concern with all of this is the region that you're in definitely affects what that radio show is going to list, uh, sound like. Like, you know, Some the people the stuff, in Ohio are not yeah. pleased at all that there is no college football coming and they can't watch their The Ohio State. And they might want to secede from the union just for right. that alone. Just to have football, exactly. Um, I would say that most of what I'm listening to probably is New York-based. Some of the stuff is national, like the ESPN's morning show um, goes mm-hmm. national. That's Keyshawn Johnson, who I'm not a huge fan of. Um, oh. and on the on the radio, I just don't think I, he just I don't know I wouldn't have put him on the radio. It's not my, I, not, I wouldn't put him not on my jam. I don't like him on television. I don't. Yeah, like he's, 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 not he's not my favorite. He's not my favorite. I was a little surprised no, they put him good. on mornings. They they had uh, they had Golick and Golick Jr. and Trey Wingo, and they were pretty good. And I'm not sure. I I guess these things just go in rotation, and eventually they, you know, they slot out. But I they were they were pretty good, and I kind of like them. But uh, they're they are gone now. But well, can I can I interrupt you for one second? Yeah, yeah, sure. One second. What's interesting about that, right, is that you're right. Golick and Golick Jr. were good. You saw who they were replaced by. <laughs> it is. I don't. It's almost like they went 180 degrees when they decided to replace. Because isn't it like Keyshawn and uh, and uh, Jay Williams and um, who's the third person? that does the morning show with them. It's very, very different. I, I almost feel like what they did with SportsCenter when they added Michael Smith and Jamel Hill. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahenty. Yes. That's a very different lineup, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know That's Jay Williams. Different. Jay Williams, well, because Jay Williams was supposed to be the next, the second coming as a point guard out of Duke, and then he got into this horrible motorcycle accident, which he wasn't supposed to be on a motorcycle because it was against his contract. And he broke like every bone in his leg. Oh, wow. And he never was able to return to the, because he was, ba- he based his entire skill set on explosiveness and he shattered, I mean, he shattered his leg. And then he went in, uh, ESPN gave him a job as a college basketball analyst and he's been building his uh repertoire since then okay um no that is definitely a very different lineup i didn't i i really only knew Keyshawn, but um yeah they definitely went in a different direction i i have not i have no opinion about the about the other guys i just i don't really love Keyshawn. <laughs> <laughs> well Keyshawn's been that polarizing figure since he was at usc so really yeah. <laughs> nothing gets changed or no, you no, just don't fair. like him because he didn't, he didn't bring the Jets the championship like he promised. 
Yes, of course. Yes. That is, I'm not a Jets fan, but yes, I, I can see where Jets fans would probably really hate him. Um, so you, you're obviously a big, big time sports fan. I am. I, I, I actually used to work in sports. I worked at both Major League Baseball and ESPN early on in my oh, career. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. What did you do? Yeah. Um, at Major League Baseball, I used to market their uh, subscription product on, on their internet services. And also I created um, content for them. And then at ESPN, I actually worked in their programming department. So I worked on everything from uh, motorsports and, and uh, car shows to the ESPYs to X Games. And then I ran their YouTube channel for a while. So I, oh, cool. yeah, I did a lot of uh, different stuff at ESPN that uh, was very much content-based. Oh, interesting. So what do you so what do you think when you see? Yeah, I did. I learned something. I did learn something new. Those those are cool sounding jobs. I got to say, jobs in sports seem like they'd be those fun jobs. They seem like they'd be fun jobs. Um, they are fun jobs. You have to keep it in perspective, though. And I think some people lose that perspective, and it goes back to this uh, the whole conversation. Is back in the day, it wasn't that you were saving the world. You were just giving people a release. a a place of being able to be entertained. And I think that has changed in a way because the world and the, and the, and the way people look at the world and their opinions are melding into sports. Now, you know, when people are saying, Hey, uh, I don't want someone to kneel during the national anthem, it now becomes a bigger issue that's bigger than sports. Mm. And I I know that some people would love for us to go back to the way that it was, but at the same time, it would be nice if some of these messages had been listened to and, and maybe there is some change. Like I know personally, Brett, I need to be a more disciplined eater, especially during this COVID, right? And I could try to say that I want to still have my 25-year-old body, but that's not going to happen unless I make some changes. And I think that's the same thing with sports and, and, and culture is that, yeah, you know what? It might have been good for you in this way, but and now, you know, looking at it from a different perspective, all those Twinkies are not good for you. <laughs> so what's, what's the Twinkie? Is the Twinkie the, watching the NBA? I think the Twinkie is watching the NBA without considering what's going on with the rest of the world. Okay. I think you, I think that the NBA isn't bad for you. I think that um, better, better yet is eating that slice of pie in moderation, as opposed to eating the half of a pie with ice cream and a milkshake. You just ate a slice of pie. And then you consider the fact that, you know what, there's other things that I should be eating along with it so that I can enjoy that slice of pie but also be healthy. Right. Okay. I think that's, that's maybe the fairest way to do it because it, it, the, the hard one for me is, is football. Like, it would be really hard for me to not watch football. I love me some football. <laughs> I, I love a football. There, there is nothing better than a good football coma where you're just, where you're just dialed in on the couch. You got your snacks. You got your drinks. You got your you got your remote, and you're just like I get the, I get the Sunday ticket package, and I just bop through it and go bounce from game to game, and it's just the best. It really is. There's no other way to well, say it. It's just oh, fantastic. No, it, 
it is amazing. I have a friend of mine. He has a deal with his wife. I am at your service from, well, not all of Monday because it's Monday Night Football, but most of Monday all the way through Saturday, right? But what about Thursday? But on Sunday. Don't forget about Thursday. Uh, Thursday game, yeah, Thursday game's kind of Thursday game usually sucks. Let's be real. It usually does suck. He's not willing to die on that on that cross right there, right. on that hill. He's just like, I'll give you Thursday. Monday night football, that's where they have their big stuff. But on Sunday, he has like three fantasy leagues. He has his computers out, all of his papers, and no one's allowed in the room. Like from the, <laughs> from the start of the day until the end of the day. But here's the thing, Brett, and I put this to you in the same way that you talked about Ryan Tannehill, right? When Kaepernick came out and said these things, and then he, where a lot of people of color said he got blackballed from the league because of it and stopped watching football, imagine if a bunch of white people also said, I'm not going to watch football for the same reason. Because there are a number of black people who said, I'm not going to watch football. Not enough to actually hurt football's numbers in a way that they would change their tune, um, but enough that it was talked about. But imagine from an economic standpoint, and people said, you know what, I actually see what Kaepernick was talking about, and no, he wasn't disrespecting the flag or the armed forces or any of the other stories that were put out there in order to distract people from the actual issues, again, symptoms versus actual disease, uh, if that happened, if you, Brett, and all your friends said, I'm not going to do Sunday ticket, I promise you, Jerry Jones would be the first person to be kneeling with Dak Prescott as, in the middle of the star. It's true. It's a good point. It's a very good point. You hit him where it hurts. You hit him where exactly. it hurts. Exactly. And, and that's hard because you're right. People, football is a religion. So a lot of people. It's, Football's it is hard, man. One of the greatest a, distractions ever. I don't watch. I don't watch baseball anymore. I was never a huge basketball. Last time I was a basketball fan, Michael Jordan was playing. Like I just was. I was never a big basketball guy. Um, mm-hmm. But I just. It doesn't help that the Knicks are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it much easier to get off of. That, it makes it much easier. Drug. If the Knicks were good, maybe I'd have to pay attention. But you know, the Knicks being yeah. horrible, it's pretty. It's much easier to just be like, meh, not gonna, not gonna be a big deal. But. All right, Franz, this has been great. Um, we need to wrap up, which is too bad because we could talk right. for longer. But uh, why don't we tell everyone like where it. we can find you on the social medias? Oh, yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Franz Cayo, F-R-A-N as in Nancy, T-V-C-A-Y-O. And I keep it simple. That's also my Twitter, at Franz Look Cayo. Look at you. So, I'm hey man, I'm trying to I'm trying to take this branding to a whole nother level That's where people stuff. can just find me. My name is hard enough as it is. I just want people to, you know, figure it out and once they do, they can just type me in and I pop up for them. Right. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. That's that's a smart are you active on those? Oh, I am active. I am active. I'm not as active as other people think that like Snoop Dogg who posts at least seventeen times a day. And he has all of his throwback, uh, his throwback pictures. I don't have that much of a career like he does. But eventually I'll get to that point where I'm just throwing up uh, pictures of me with random celebrities all the time. And so I like that people that. can like it. Goals. It's good to have goals. <laughs> Those are my right. goals. Once, Brian, this was, this was great. Thank, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. 
Thank you for having um, me on, Brett. Everyone will be back next Friday. And uh, as always, please stay safe.